My name's Richard. And my name's Frank. And this is the quick start to the kickstart. This is the City of Kings version. Because the last time we did this, we did this with the fabulous Peter Blink in it, Inside the Box Board Games. But we've had Frank on once, which was nice. We had Frank on twice, which was even better. And now he's in the middle of his campaign. So we thought we'd get him back on for a quick 15, 20 minutes just to have a little chat about how the campaign is going. So, hello, Frank. Hi, Richard. How are you? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm excited because I know we're always going to have a laugh when you and me get together already. So it's <laughs> I'm just trying not to laugh already. <laughs> oh, no, it's just terrible. I'm just biting my tongue. <laughs> I, that's fine. Don't have to. Um, you press the button, and then crazy stuff happened. So I mean, we are. Let's do just a quick check because. You know, this is our live in front of our studio audience. Because <laughs> we don't have a studio and we certainly don't have an audience. Um, it is 21 days to go. 21 days to go. I got 21 days to go. And you've got 146 grand sitting on the Kickstarter. Who would have known when we had a conversation a couple of months ago? I know, it's um, certainly kind of a slightly different number to anticipated, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm How'd still with that worry part of I think in 21 days it's going to be a lower number, so let's not jinx it. Let's not do that. How are you feeling? How yeah, how how are good. you feeling? I mean, forget how I'm doing. How are you feeling? Good, good. Um, tired. I'm sure everyone at this point is fairly tired. Um, I guess one of the things that I did a bit different to most people is I kind of, you know, ditched my job and then went at this full time before mm. I was like doing a successful Kickstarter so I'm quite lucky really because obviously <laughs> I could have been in a lot more trouble but um it would be like that Sarah how are you with cup of soups do you like them do you <laughs> exactly. think you can live off them nah. so yeah so I'm doing um 18 hour days seven days a week on the campaign have been since about two weeks before we started or before we launched and we're now what three and a half weeks into that so yeah it's getting a little bit tiring but you know so much fun so exciting and it's just like amazing getting hundreds and hundreds of people a day coming along asking questions kind of learning about the game and it's just it's such a nice feeling you know it kind of all that reward for the last years of hard work do you feel vindicated now yeah, it's um, it's funny, isn't it? Because you always have this kind of like, what if it is just me that likes it? <laughs> like, what if it is just like those three reviewers are the only other three people who are going to like it? Or what is it if I, I get that about? I feel that about this podcast all the time. <laughs> what happens if it's just you, me, and we could get the other audience member actually on the show to have a chat with us, kind exactly. of thing? <laughs> it's that same thing, and it's kind of like, and then you, it gets worse and worse. You're like. What if, if it's just the 200 playtesters and the three reviewers? What if it's just the 300 playtesters and the six reviewers? And at some point, I'm sure in my head, it's going to be like, well, the 28,000 people who have the game now, you know, they all said it's good, but what if they're the only 28,000? <laughs> <laughs> and it's continual vindication, you know. And next thing you know, you'll be playing Glastonbury and you'll be wondering why 100,000 people kind of like exactly. you while you're going. Okay, we're going to be, what are we going to do with our workers? We're just going to go and harvest some wood. Okay, everybody? <laughs> but, I mean, 
Of course you were shocked when you pressed the button and then, like, within about seven or eight hours... Was it seven or eight hours you had funded? It took three hours and six minutes three to hours. fund. So I, like, obviously uh, double overestimated how long it took to, for it to actually happen, but... You know, I mean, we try and you... overlook the six minutes, but, you know, we have to be honest. <laughs> You've got to be the six... you got to add those six minutes, because that can make such a difference. But when you pressed the button, <clears throat> did you... Did you expect it to ramp up as quickly as it was? I mean, you must have had an idea based on maybe general interest and all the different social media that you had that there was an audience there. But you know, an hour into the an hour into the you know the start of the Kickstarter, did you even think? Are you thinking, oh my goodness, this is actually happening, and oh, it's actually really really happening. I, mean, I think the surprising thing is the amount of people who turned up right at the start. Um, like the few days before, I was starting to get lots of private messages on various sites and stuff from people saying, um, do you want to have a good time? But on other sites, I was getting people saying... <laughs> um, I guess they'll get those I, emails. I regret that sentence already. That's all right. We're not. Good. We we don't edit this, but this just goes straight out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, was, I, was I get those messages as well. There's people that mix capital letters and lowercase letters, <laughs> and they can't spell properly. And they've apparently really highly technological because they've always got a really good working camera. Yes. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. Anyway, uh, what were you saying? I've lowered the tone already. Um, it doesn't so matter. I was getting like messages from people saying, you know, I just want to let you know that I think the game looks great and I'm going to be trying to get to the first I want back a one I'm going to try and be back a one and that kind of surprised me that the amount of people that started saying that um I've never you know as much as I've been interested in games I've never messaged the creators before and kind of been like I just wanted to let you know I'm definitely going to be there at the start and back it and it's actually you know it was a really nice feeling because it started to give me a bit of confidence and it started to make me feel like well you know I remember saying to Sarah like I'm pretty sure that we've got between two and four hundred people who are gonna back the game, but it's whether they back it on day one or the last day or during the campaign. Like you never really know. And I was like, I think there's probably like twenty or thirty people who are gonna be there, kind of in the first couple of hours. Um, yeah. And that was it. And I mean, I don't know how many we had in the first few hours, but I'm guessing it was probably you know getting on for four or five hundred, and it was. It was just crazy how quickly it went. And the worst thing was, is because <laughs> I was so prepared for my launch um, to make sure I did everything I could that I had written a list of all of the tasks that I was going to go through. So update the website, you know, um, put mm. a news post out, um, email various people, um, put a tweet out, put a Facebook post. This list was 92 items long. <laughs> I, I had prepared every single thing in every single place I possibly could to get as much out and it took me like two and a half hours to put all of these things out so actually by the time I'd like gotten nearly done through that list we had funded and I was like I'm missing it (laughs) you're missing your own glory spreadsheet 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 and everyone else is like oh my god oh my god and I'm like what (laughs) have we got somebody's (laughs) somebody's walking up to you and going you won the election by the way (laughs) 
Mr. President. <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay. Sorry, I was still trying to balance the budget. Um, you know. The thing that makes it even more exciting is I was live streaming the first half an hour, and most of that live stream was just me sending out like my mailing. <laughs> it's just like, right, guys, you all go and look at the page and come back in five minutes. I'm going to send out my newsletters. You can look oh at the side my of my head. Because, um, oh, but you know, like it was. It was good. It was really, really nice. And those first few days were relentless. In I think I had 6,000 notifications in the first day. Like, if you total up across all the platforms and emails and everything else. Um, so there was a lot. It was proper, proper crazy. And um, we managed... Like, we went up the hotness on Board Game Geek, which, you know, I was hoping to get into the hotness on there. But, like, we <laughs> just kept hotness. going up. Every day we went up another place and, you know, then we were there and we were in like fifth place and it was, um, you know, like Gloomhaven um, was at the top, um, obviously, and then like Rising Sun <laughs> and then like Terraforming Mars and Scythe because Scythe announced an expansion and I was like, well, you know, yes, I'm fifth I saw that. with Scythe, Terraforming Mars and Rising Sun and then the next day I'd overtaken Scythe and then the next day I had <laughs> Terrible. Oh, ja- Jamie's like, oh. Jamie's gonna be a bit annoyed, isn't he? I tell you, when I overtook Terraforming Mars, I tweeted at Stronghold. I was like, I just beat you guys. <laughs> I just like that, see you. Yeah, you know, that might be the mixture of kind of monster blood, but it's possibly <laughs> dust <laughs> you're eating. But oh, um, it was stuff like that was um it was so nice. And like, you know, looking at um like Grim Forest and Rising Sun being like at the time of our launch you know game one and game two in popularity and we're like oh we got to number three that's really cool because you know those games are like huge yeah. they're massive and then like five minutes later i was like oh we're second now and then you know, <laughs> an hour later it's like oh we overtook both of them and obviously like it's just like that initial momentum but like for a point we were kind of like at the top of all the charts and all the places um and like third on board game geek and it was just it was unreal, you know, it was so much more than we expected. And looking at the numbers of visitors, I'm a big stats guy. Um, we've had like 60,000 people go to our Kickstarter page now, which is like absurd amounts of people. Like, I That's don't know what. a decent number. Yeah. I don't know what the typical number is, but that feels like a really high number. Um, and it's like, it's amazing. It's such a. Um, nice feeling and I love having the people asking questions and comments and obviously some of them I'd like to you know kind of put on mute and never have to speak to again but <laughs> it's it's nice I mean the way I I've got I have got a question uh, Frank though is ooh, is ooh. Are, are you gonna do minis for the game? <laughs> uh, you know what the um the funny thing is with the minis is it has hardly come up it yeah, really no. has. The amount no. of people who said, you can't do this game without minis. The amount of people who said, you can't make a big game and be successful without minis. It was just continuous. For two years, everyone told me that. And I would say that less than 10 people have asked me about minis since we launched. Yeah. Like, it it comes up, but no one's moaned either. Like, the people who have asked have just been like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. And so let's, I'll tell you what, let's pick a few of them out and just name them and shame them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only jo- I'm only joking, let's not. Okay, there's um, a guy called Richard Simpson and he <laughs> is a complete jerk. <laughs> <laughs> let's 
was also this I've girl called Sarah and my goodness. Oh, <laughs> goodness me, she's not gonna like that at all. <laughs> but um I think have we got the usual there are kinda like the usual um suspects are probably turning up. Um you turn up an awful lot in your comments. I mean, is that not hard work? Because you you are taking the effort to go into all of these and you're you're not only just you're going in, you're quoting people's questions back at them. Yeah. And then you're quoting the answers as well. So on an average, I mean, how long is it taking you to kind of get through all of these questions? Um, well, it's nonstop every day, 18 hours a day. I mean, like, I'm not doing it in shifts. I just have the notifications come up. And when they come up, I respond to them. And when they're not up, I get on with my stuff. I have two screens. One screen is uh. notifications. One screen isn't. I have a tab for Twitter, tab for Facebook, tab for YouTube, tab for Board Game Geek, tab for Board Game Design Forums, tab for emails, tab for Kickstarter, um, and tab for the Kickstarter messaging, because you get a lot of private messaging as well. Yeah, and yeah. I just cycle through them every 15 minutes and respond to everything. But for me, um, you know, that's the important part of this. Like... I don't want people to just come along and go, hey, I'm just buying another person's game, you know. I want them to know that I will answer any question they have. Like, it doesn't matter. I will respond to every single thing. Um, if, if you say a suggestion, and a few people have said it, then I might yeah. skim over it a bit. But um, yeah. any question, I will respond to. Any comment, anything. Because at the end of the day, you know, I've backed 168 Kickstarters in the last few years. Like, you know, I've been through this process so many times. Um, we'll scoot over that number. And I... <laughs> um, <laughs> what was know. that frag? I can hear you properly. What did I've you say? Thir- 13, you said. Well, that's okay, because it's, le- it's less than Andy Lewis at Polyhedron Collider. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've had a um, bunch of people in my comments go, I've never seen a creator who's backed so many projects. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, I backed yeah, well, I've got, I could have funded I, it myself. <laughs> I've decided to turn my own problem into everybody else's problem instead. Exactly. Um, we must give a big... I mean, if there's one person that you see cropping up on Kickstarter, it's the good old um, Russ on C. Oh, yes. Who is who seems to turn up in every kind of big campaign, and he's not just the guy that kind of comes on and comments. He's the guy that goes in and kind of learns exactly what the game is about, and he ends up kind of answering people's questions. So, if you're out there, mate, um, good on, on you. Come big on up. the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're out there, Russell, and you fancy coming on and having a chat on the podcast, here's my open invitation to you. What to do you come do for a living? A I'm a professional Kickstarter commenter. <laughs> But he is, he's, he, she, I don't know, um, they're incredible, you know, they, every morning come along, say good morning, they link to all of the various posts, um, they help people kind of along, and, you know, these people are just so helpful and so kind of delightful, you know, just to to know that people are out there helping you. And, like, I don't really want to go through names of commenters because you always end up, like, missing people, you know. Um, I know. We're I on, know. what, um, I mean, half of them are me, but I think we're on, what, nearly a 1,000 comments now? It's nearly yeah. a 1,000 comments, 950. Yeah. So we've had about 500 comments, so <laughs> and there's about 500 responses. But It's just not. I mean, it is. I mean, you've kind of you've dealt with a campaign the best way possible, which is kind of, you know, reasonable updates. I think the funniest thing was, was the, was it took, you know, getting the first update out there 
I think you're maybe still in shock. And the video, <laughs> the the YouTube video of you going on was kind of like you're kind of like that thousand mile stare at you, kind of like thanks very much. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if this is real or not. I could be having a dream. I might have been hit by a bike on my way up the road, and I might be currently in hospital in some kind oh, of injury. felt like it felt like such a good thing to do. I mean. I wanted people to kind of really see what it meant to me. And mm. um, <clears throat> a lot of people were saying to me, oh, you haven't done an update yet. You haven't done an update yet. But for me, um, like everything throughout this whole like last two years, I want my updates to be um, like not overly like kind of in your face. But when they do come, I want them to be interesting and full of information. You know, I want to say, look, hey, we've just unlocked another seven stretch goals and here's all the cool stuff you're doing. And we're yeah. also doing this event and also this thing's happened and also this thing's happened. And make them kind of big smacks of excitement rather than kind of just regular kind of noise. Like the amount of campaigns that you get updates like two or three times a day and it's just, you just, I personally just, you know, start glazing over them and it just kind of burns out. But when you get them less frequently, I find that you're more likely to read them. And mm. I want people to interact. I want people to be kind of like, you know, part of this adventure. And we're doing the quests. So every other update just about is um, like a quest where we set people a task and ask them to give opinions on things or ask them to suggest things. Yeah. And we're just trying to get this kind of interactive thing. Because this is an adventure, you know. This is the word that I've been using for two years. It's, you know, it's a role-playing experience as about cooperation it's about immersion and i want our kickstarter and everything else to give that same feel i want people to feel like they're a part of it like they're having fun with their friends and i don't want it just to be like oh look you know here's game 422 that's going to turn up next week yeah i mean have you um have you had people kind of contact you and say Oh, can we do a video on this? Can we do? Can we get you on like a podcast on this and stuff like that? Have you had people kind of come back to you and say, "Oh, we must get you on. We must have a chat with you now." Yeah, um, it's it's interesting actually. So I did a press release and I contacted fifty people um, yeah. a couple of weeks before the campaign, and um, a few responded. Not too many, but a few. And I did a few kind of interviews and a few podcasts and stuff. And in the last kind of 48 hours, a lot more of them have responded. (laughs) I'm just saying, we were there from the beginning, mate. Yeah, exactly. And a few big ones, you know, a few kind of um, big names as well. Um, There's one particular um, large English podcast slash YouTube channel that um, I was speaking with today who are interested in looking over the game and stuff and things like that you know are really positive and also um, a couple of the big um, video game blogging sites and websites have started getting in touch as well now really I am trying to um, when I say get in touch I mean I contacted them they ignored me but now they're responding and saying well actually uh, we are interested (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you mentioned the Dark Souls stat thing, the little ears pricked up and they went, oh, I can write 1,500 words about this (laughs) kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's kind of interesting because we are trying to do that cross-market stuff. Mm. And I would say that I've probably had 30 people so far ask me if they can do a, like, review or a video of some sort. And I would say probably 
at least 50%, if not 75%, are people you would have heard of. They're not kind of, you know, just like the random new guys who are just kicking off. Yeah. It's been really positive on that front. That's excellent. Are you in the situation where kind of like you have review copies and stuff that you can hand out? Because I know when we first spoke on the first first time you were on, you said, you know... um, it costs, you know, you've got limited kind of review copies that you can kind of put out there. And I know that when you went to Aircon, you know, Polyhedron Collider. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi, John. Um, <clears throat> they sat down with you at Aircon and played, you know, they played the game while you were there. Yeah. Um, do Is it funny that you being in the level that you're at, kind of, I guess, some of these guys just expect you to be throwing out review copies kind of left, right and centre, and you're like, well, hang on, you can share it, but I kind of can't really do that, I'm sorry. Do you want, do you want to know my secret, Richard? Would you like to I know would always, I think there's a lot of people out there that would currently very much like to know your secret. My secret, Richard, is I don't yeah. actually have any more copies of the game to send anyone, Richard. Do you not? Like, no, Richard. Like, <laughs> the ones I sent out a couple of months ago that those couple of big like YouTubers took yeah. and did their videos with, I've not seen those again, and I don't have any more. So I, um, I'm waiting a few months until I have some of those. <laughs> Are you kind of in the same production line as everybody else then waiting to get your hands on a copy of your own game? Yeah, I mean, I've got two copies. And have you? When I go to the UK Games Expo in seven weeks, I have three tables. So there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few kind of technical problems that I'm currently kind oh, of trying dear, to... That's absolutely account. brilliant. You could... <laughs> Well, you could just be. just put a tablet on there, right? And just leave it out of battery and just say, oh, that was the video game demonstration we were going to do of City of Kings. <laughs> you'll love this, not... right? Um, right? You know the game obviously comes with a whole bunch of map tiles. Yeah. yeah. And you know the game comes with six characters and it's four player. Yeah. Well, get this, right? Six plus six is 12. Yeah. And 12 divided by four is three. So yeah. the plan is to spread two games over three days oh, awesome. and just be like, hey, yeah. You could just say these are the different tiers. This it is the, the basic game. Four of them are here and two of them are on that game. But... <laughs> It'd be like Father Ted. Now, the characters here are small, but the ones over there are far away. I mean, so... are you, um, in terms of um, stretch goals and stuff... Yeah, obviously you've had everything kind of planned out and you've got your normal potential stretch goals. Mm -hmm. And when we spoke to you, we were like, well, if we get funded, we're in happy, you know, we're in happy street. Yeah. Are you you at the point where you're kind of like, oh, I'm, mm, I, I, do I, I continually add on more and more stretch goals? Do you have a lot of stretch goals to add on like Rising Sun? I mean, I noticed... One of the other games that, um, well, one of the gentlemen we spoke to, Stephen uh, S. Gibson, who was on, who was talking about Grimslingers, he put out a a backing, a a message today saying, guys, that's us finished. We've no more stretch goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you, where are you in terms of the stretch goals? Is there, is it more about the quality as opposed to the quantity of stuff that you want to put out there? Yeah, it's. It's a difficult question to answer without obviously kind of giving too much away, but I guess um, I'll start with a little conversation I had um, the week before we went live, which or yeah. a few weeks before we went live, which went, you know our stretch goal graphic? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. 
It's got nine spaces on it, hasn't it? Yeah. I think we should probably have like 12 or 15. Nah, nine's fine. Let, let, let's do 12 and be safe. Oh, okay. And then this guy came down. He did a Kickstarter last year. And he was like, is that your stretch goal thing? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why are you wasting your time making that so big? And I was like, I just thought it might be a good idea. And yeah. now we're on stretch goal 21. I'm thinking that, <laughs> you know, having done a stretch goal image that was longer than nine last week <laughs> would have been yeah. quite useful. But oh my goodness. the thing for me is, you know, I'll, I'll be really honest about this. For me, um, there was a level of planning with the stretch goals and I knew where I wanted to end up. So what that was, was about £50,000 ago. So all of the stretch goals we hit up to that point were the core stretch goals I was expecting to put into the game. Now, yeah. one of the advantages we've got is whilst we've been building this game, we've obviously, as I've said before, we're also building the world. So we have been working on various things for other games and for other parts of the world, which aren't within this game and they haven't been like revealed or shown at any point because they're kind of a year down the road and after we kind of funded so quickly I spent a lot of time going through that content and working out what would make sense to bring into this game. I then worked out what that would mean financially and I spoke with the manufacturers and I got calculations to get an understanding of how much impact that would have on our cost and then I said okay fine we are going to put this in and this is what we're going to offer. Now, none of those things impact mechanics or balance. So in terms of the game itself, they're not kind of they're not gonna have any problem. What they do yeah. change is things like additional lore, additional stories, additional kind of artwork, additional visual stuff. Um, and of course a lot of kind of component upgrades, but that was in the kind of previous tiers. So the stretch goals from now on are all basically brand new things that we had never planned but all of them have been planned out financially now and all of them are very much okay because of the quantities we're dealing with. One of the um, the great... <laughs> You'll love this. This was the highlight of my week. So obviously my game is huge and my game is very heavy and the direct result of that is the shipping yeah. is really expensive. Yeah. And, um, as you probably know, with many games, um, when they're smaller, they obviously go onto pallets and the pallets get shipped around and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, you know, my game's the same. You know, we've got eight pallets going here, six pallets going there. And I was yeah. chatting, um, chatting with my shipping company the other day and he was like, good news. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, you're getting enough games now that you can have your own shipping containers and that's going to save money. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. <laughs> Having my own 40-foot shipping containers on a ship sounds really cheap did you not remember that as a small child that you were sat down by your parents and they said now Frank if you work hard and study and concentrate one day you will have your own shipping container <laughs> but you know it's it, it kind of goes around in this loop so don't get me wrong it's not like this shipping suddenly going to be really cheap I mean it's still extortionate but we actually yeah. have now moved up into another tier and um, that's really good news because what that means is we're saving um, 
about £1.50 per game, which is effectively what we've been able to kind of put into stretch goals and other things to kind of balance this all out. And um, so it's the one thing that's positive about having a big game is you get quicker to fit in your own containers, (laughs) (laughs) which is fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, the thing that's good about that is obviously it changes the labour because when you're sharing containers with other people, you have to get forklift trucks to move them from place to place. Whilst with ours, you know, they chuck the crate on a boat, it gets off from a crane chucked onto the back of a lorry and away it goes. And away it goes to the distribution centre as well. So in terms of the distribution, are you hitting kind of the normal kind of German central distribution centre for Europe? Are you getting fulfilled in the UK? How's that going to work? So actually... um, Again, so we're coming into the UK for Europe, but actually, right. again, we've um, now kind of the plans are kind of improving because we were originally, for example, having a ship that was going to America and then yeah. it was going to split in half and half was going to Canada and half was going to America. But yeah. now, or staying in America, but actually now the quantities have got high enough, it's actually cheaper for us to put um, our own separate shipment directly to Canada and actually split those into two separate loads. So the more quantity that we kind of sell, um, the more that splitting it up even more saves money. And mm. um, that's really useful because one thing that I did with this project, which um, I haven't talked too much about yet, and I'm going to do some videos like later on going through it, is I took a lot of personal risk um, because I really wanted to offer people the cheapest, most affordable version of the game. And I knew the prices were always going to be high. Um, so I did a lot of things which were potentially going to lose me a lot of money. So, mm. for example, um, from day one, I offered um, cheap shipping to Australia. And for me to achieve that, um, you know, was going to be hard work. So Australia is typically 5% of your sales. So, you know, 1 yeah. in 20. So if you sell a 1,000 copies of your game, you're going to send 50 copies there. Now, yeah. my quotes for sending 20, 40, and 60 games to Australia um, were all the same. Because actually, until I started sending um, 75 copies of game there, um, mm. it was all within, like, under the lowest possible limit. Yeah. So things like that were a gamble because effectively, if I'd only sold five copies to Australia, um, it would have cost <laughs> me like you know two or three hundred pounds per game, and that is yeah, there yeah. was no option. So, um, but I took that gamble, and now those things are starting to pay off, and you know we've got kind of sixty, seventy kind of backers from Australia already now, so I'm comfortable those numbers are going to come in, and those risks are kind of where it's allowed me to kind of do much better with kind of what I can offer with stretch goals and things now because they're starting to pay off. Luckily. I was terrified, <laughs> Rich. I was in tears every night. He's like, like oh, that one Australian oh, no. who gets my game. Better love it. <laughs> exactly. Because there's been a lot of love and a lot of money going into the Australian versions of the game. Oh, um, it's exciting times. I am, obviously, I have... We've emailed back and forth. I have, I'm absolutely delighted that this is uh, the game is funding so well. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. For the next couple of weeks, have you got? I mean, for people who might be listening to this and wondering, you know, should they jump? Should they jump in and have a little back? Have you got a message for the backers? Have you got the message for anybody that's maybe sitting on the fence at the moment? As a, as a kind of a last thought. Yeah, I guess um, 
you know, for me, I've always said to everyone that I want them to have the opportunity to look over the game and make the decision for themselves. I mean, I would rather sell a thousand copies to a thousand people who want the game than 10,000 copies to 10,000 people who just want it because it's got miniatures or artwork. I've always kind of said that. And I don't want to say to anyone, you know, back the game. I guess the safety net that I've started saying to people a little bit is... We are funding very well, and there's a couple of things which a few people have, well, a lot of people I know would very much like, which would help improve um, some of the components. And we're still only about 40% of the way to where we need to to kind of be able to afford those. They're things that are really kind of, you know, 400, like, thousand pound plus kind of goals. And as much as I want to put them in, like it's at those points that they really become feasible and every single person we get is going to help us to get that little bit closer. Um, You know, but with that said, um, the other thing to keep in mind is um, the people, you know, the the uptake of this game has been huge. The um, spread has been huge and a lot of people are starting to look at it. We're getting a lot of um, people kind of expressing interest in it and we because of the size of it um the cost of printing the game is expensive we're not making the typical kind of percentages people would per game um, yeah. and that means that when we get to retail there's going to be a really really limited amount and we've all seen recently what happened with gloomhaven you know where they only had a few thousand and like tens of thousands of people wanted them and i don't expect that i'm going to get to like those levels but i do really fear that a lot of people are holding back for retail because you know, they're still not quite sure, and I just don't think that we're going to have that many copies there. I might be wrong, but, mm. like, you know, I guess it's just worth keeping that in mind. Worth keeping that in mind. I mean, do you think that um, with the likes of, say, um, Grim Slingers doing very, very well, um, the Grim Forest doing exceptionally well, um, yourselves doing very, very well... Do you think that people have had the kind of the Gloomhaven effect where they're terrified of maybe missing out on something? Because, I mean, what's happened is you can't guarantee that a game's going to go to a second printing and go to retail, especially if it's of a, of a, of a reasonable size. Do you think that's maybe helped that people are starting to realise on Kickstarter that this could fund, it could fund really well, but you might not, you might not get a chance to maybe buy it again unless it goes stratospheric and you think that's maybe maybe helped that people are people have realized that maybe yeah just because a game's successfully funded that they might not be able to get their hands on it a year down the line unless they jump in the now i think it certainly makes a difference um i mean obviously all of these things are so hard to kind of judge and measure one thing that's always worth keeping in mind is Whilst we may not be aware of it, the board game industry does have very kind of seasonal activity and we are just coming up to the end of the kind of the downtime. So what I mean by that is we kind of have convention season and non-convention season and the convention season is where a lot of big games get announced. It's where a lot of games get bought through kind of through the conventions and those announcements and they're all going to start off in, you know, we just had Gamma which is a big trade show and they're all going to start kicking off in the kind of next month Um, you know obviously we've got Gen Con and Essen and we've got the UK Games Expo and we've got you know all of these different ones Dice Tower Convention and all of these things Um, so really Kickstarter like January, February, March can be like the 
biggest months of the year for Kickstarter because it's been a good few months since the conventions and it's still a bit before they kick off and it's hard to know whether you know it's just that people are so desperate to get these games because they're not coming from anywhere else or whether it will keep continuing like this like it's changing every year it's just growing 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 but whatever I mean whatever happens I mean the City of Kings is going to be going into people's hands and I don't think incredible (laughs) I mean you must be as I say, we started off by saying you must be absolutely delighted, and it's a it's a good thing because it's a good game, it's good fun, and if you haven't checked out already, check it out. We will put notes in the show notes so we have notes to show, um, all the details in the, the show notes, notes, notes. That's not getting edited. Nothing's getting edited. It's oh, all it's getting, great, isn't it's it? All all getting kept in. When Just I did my um, virtual party live stream, I was like, right, guys, I'm going to paste the link into the chat now. And then I pasted it in and I pressed the button. And the button I pressed was the end stream rather than the end to message button. <laughs> So you just so went. The second we went live, I just killed it. Oh, <laughs> <All> good. <laughs> my name's good. my name's Frank West. Good night. <laughs> That's it. It's over. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, best of luck with the next, uh, the rest you. of the campaign, Frank. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on ourselves. We might get you back for the conclusion Ooh. because you're an official. Repeat. You're not only a repeat offender. You're also part of the quick start to the kickstart as well. Which is exciting. Which is, which is all very, very good. Um, for, as I say, if you want to keep an eye on what's going, we will put some notes in the show notes so we have notes to show. Keep an eye on us on Twitter. We'll put the links in for Kickstarter. It's all going to be fantastic. Um, but I think it is time to say goodbye. Goodbye? So, it's a goodbye. It's a preemptive goodbye from Frank. And a preemptive goodbye from Richard. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, check out City of Kings, because this thing is going places and it's going to end up in your in people's hands, you know, whether you like it or not. It's fantastic. But uh, bye for now, everybody. Goodbye.